0: hi, this is from ideology to unity. So I was was in my garden, and I was just sort of taking in the nature, and something struck me, or a thought came to me, which was all these... We've got all these fences, even with hedges on them, you know, all these... Boundaries between our homes, and our properties. Now, I guess we also have those boundaries between states and stuff. Um, and in a way, they're kind of a symbol of separation, of fear in a way, because people feel more safe and secure with their own little kingdom. I would say that they've got their, their land with their home with their boundary, and they feel more comfortable and safe and secure with their boundary, but not maybe, maybe if they can't even see the people in the next property. And they value this sense of privacy but as a compensation for a sense of insecurity and probably no sense of self-worth and so forth. There's a lot of programming involved in that. And it, it occurred to me that it made me... I, I thought of uh, anarchists. I mean, you typically... not I'm not thinking of um, those who call themselves anarcho-capitalists, but anarchists in general. They have a perspective where largely, I don't want to generalize too much, but they have this opposition to property. Or at the very least, they think that the relationship we have with land should be much less exclusive. Now I can understand to a certain extent that they look at how arbitrary these boundaries are, whether they're state borders or property boundaries, and that we're kind of making it all up in a sense. And they typically, I would say, have this sense of why can't we just share things and work together um, rather than some people have more than the others isn't that unfair and so forth. Now rather than saying that they're right or they're wrong and taking a stance or stand regarding one side of politics, say, or a political disagreement, I, I think it's more helpful to look at um, the, the boundaries the division, the separation, the fear-based separation, I suppose, and boundaries the ways we divide ourselves up and separate ourselves up from other people and with mental categories as, as well. It, it, it could be mental categories such as this and buying this and stairs, but also we mentally view ourselves as so much separate from everyone else or every other person and that we group ourselves together with others that we feel association with, but separate from others we feel disassociation from. And it's it's kind of like the planet or the collective consciousness of humanity is in disassociation in the sense that people disassociated with personality disorder as a psyche as a whole are in disassociation. And so it's split up into lots of parts. The psyche of humanity is disassociated when it's in its state. Now, it's not necessarily a problem because we're we've been in third density for a long time. And it's all about, we start, okay, what is second density about? Second density is about you're one with, okay, let's go back to first density. First density is about simply existing in almost in a timeless sense. Second density is more about the pack. But if it was animals, it would be the pack. If it was trees, it's almost like your connection to all the other trees. You're not like just one tree. Or if you're uh, fungus, it's the same thing. It's just, there's a connection. With all of nature, there's always this, there's something collective but unconscious about it, right? Um, With third density, there's this individuation, this coming into this self-reflective consciousness Where identification is not in terms of a collective exclusively, but rather, but also the sense that you are an individual soul or an individual being in yourself. And then with a self referential identity and a name and a whole set of attributes that one attributes to oneself. this separation is meant to be there so that we can part of the growth spiritually is to come to an understanding that of oneself in in this a um how do i put this in a uh in terms of chakras this would be the solar plexus an individual actor with their own agency taking their own steps for spiritual with, I'm not saying spiritual evolution, but for their progress, so to speak. And with the will of their own and a motivation of their own to achieve things and to, I guess survive and succeed in in this world. Now, there may be some degree of illusion to that. But there's something true about that. Just if we look at it subjectively from a from the lens of the third chakra, which is from the bottom, the solar plexus yellow ray chakra which is the closest thing in the chakras to the ego. And this is what we're growing and developing through third density. Right, it's coming. It's learning to develop coming from second into third. And then once you're in third, you learn to fully develop this ego, this while full sense of identity while under the veil of forgetting. And there's a lot of development in that. And then towards the end, there's a choice of service to others or service to self. Now, both kind of are the opposite at the same time, ultimately. And that's why they unify the sixth density. But essentially, um, do you not love yourself, but sort of absorb the love of others into yourself like a black hole? That's kind of um, service to self. It's not incorrect, technically, it's just, it is te- it is a distortion, but it's not technically, um, I won't get into details of that, that's, that's for another video, but in service to others as well, it's like, um, it's about equal interaction and equal exchange between souls and the common sense of joy from that interaction, but without sacrificing the individuality because each check we're gonna build on the previous one just as each density builds on the previous one. <clears throat> um, you Do not sacrifice, okay, so you don't sacrifice your fundamental timeless being to be part of nature and the collective second density sets or part of the pack or whatever it is, right? You don't sacrifice your collective oneness with nature in a second density sense, in your individuation, uh, in third density. And in fourth density, you don't sacrifice your individuation in your integration into a social memory complex. Now, this social memory complex can either be hierarchical and like a ladder where you would take life Love force energy from those below you in it, and you are it's taken from you by those above you, which ultimately, I mean, that doesn't sound appealing at all to me, but for some souls, that's what they're into, I guess. Um, that's a legitimate choice, even though it's a pretty miserable choice, in my opinion. But anyway, service to others is about. That free exchange and interaction. That's open and unrestricted, not separation, but rather an abundant, overflowing heart. What's an overflowing heart? An overflowing cup. So, this if, if imagine there's this water that represents the love, light, energy that we are made from, right? And that revitalizes us it's prana, it's it's the energy that we are sustained by, ultimately, now that obviously you can look at it in a physical sense and say, oh, it's food, but we also kind of get prana from food anyway. But we also require from Mother Earth and from our Logos, was it sub-Logos? I'm not sure, the sun, anyway, in some sense, it's from the Logos and from the central sun, which is ultimately the Logos, and is the the center of the galaxy and the galaxy as a whole Obviously it's the, the central sun is the center of the galaxy as a whole which is the logos and i guess there's different Logi, which are different galaxies something like that <laughs> in any case um we get this prana nutrients from that and all was well, a well, right but it comes from above so to speak as a gift i suppose but also we return back anyway like, anyway so why am i going into this so the context is i imagine most of souls are interested in service to others and from what i've heard at the very least from what i've looked into about the law one and stuff the it has already determined even before 2012 that it was going to be a service to others essentially. Essentially. I don't know if that's absolutely true, but that seems to be the way we're going. So in that context, it's not necessarily wrong that we've got all this separation and division and egoic suffering that's developed. In a way, it's been a fundamental feature of an important step in our spiritual evolution as a species as a collective even but we've been largely disassociated as well as are. and not just that there have been attempts to divert there have been attempts by what Ra describes as well serves to self crusaders why crusaders because it's my perception is that they they have they're not atheists. they have a spiritual view of reality and how it works. It's distorted but it is technically legitimate as an interpretation um, and it's a service self an interpretation and they truly believe it's the only way and that they think the service to others is false and a delusion, which isn't true. Uh, Both are valid, actually, but also even more valid in their integration together as one in the sort of unpolarized service to unity. But that's what service thats sixth density stuff. (laughs) We don't need to rush there. We choose which distortion we go with to get to sixth density, basically. So there's a symbol of these boundaries, let's just say, for arguments sake, between you know, in a residential area between all the d- different homes. Now, there's obviously other idea representations of that separation, but it, it's not just it's not just that you can symbolically describe it as a representation of that it everything is truly symbolic truly everything is symbolic except for well okay there's that which everything in the hologram is symbolic and points to bring you back towards everything the true essence of things being the, and love light and stuff um, Everything other is that or is pointing towards it. I mean, what is emotion? What is the suffering? It, it it's basically a big sign saying, okay, you're having a hard time, aren't you? Um you know, if you go this direction towards the way, the tower or whatever, you know, if you head this direction, it's gonna be a lot more easygoing, you know, a lot more harmonious, pleasant, but you know <laughs> yes, basically, but another way I put it is like um. Okay, it's like there's this mirandering path or road and it's the way and it's between yin and yang between the extremes of you could say order and disorder or order and chaos or the masculine and feminine any duality um it's it's between those and it's also the truth of things in any case now well obviously if you divert from that path it's going to be rugged terrain where you're suffering, trying to traverse it. And that's your experience of life. And everything, every moment of being is experience of life, because life is being. Every experience of being, every moment of being, it can be smooth or it can be rough. It depends on you. It's up to you, really. So, in some ways, things have been rough for a bit on Earth, but it's kind of been very useful for us in Third Density to gaining a lot of experience. Think of it this way, think of it like a game metaphorically. You know of um, RPGs, right, role-play games, and you get experience points in role-play games, right? Now, interestingly, Third Density is like, imagine there's a stage of the game where it's way harder but you get way more experience um that's kind of what it's like now after both density what i hear progress is kind of slower but it's also kind of smoother um it, I, I don't really know obviously why everything the, the whole order of things is what it is but it is what it is <laughs> and there we go now What I'm getting at with this whole video, I guess, this whole episode, is the New Earth won't have these boundaries. Like, people will be living the homes, quote-unquote, that people will live in, if that would even be a thing. Where people live and interact won't be, there won't be all these homes with, or houses with separate, with like hedges and fences and walls between each other. You can literally walk from yours straight into theirs. There's no limitation, but there's also, there's no problem with that because everyone will be open, is open-hearted in the new earth. And in that unconditional joy and love and so forth, with a sense of security, that an open root chakra, and I would say also the open, but um, in particular the open root chakra, which a lot of people don't have a fully open or balanced root chakra, and that's where your sense of security in existence is, right? That would be open. I mean, the solar plexus, where you get your, the yellow ray, where you get your sense of willpower and um, and so forth, that would also be open. I mean, the, all the check was up until including the heart chakra and potentially above, but as a minimum, the heart would be up to the heart would be open and balanced, right? So in this context, why would people feel they have to have their own separate place or property where everything's theirs and controlled by them and secure, securely theirs? where they don't interact so much with the other people because it's theirs, and they're safe and secure from others, including potential robbers or whatever. Like, that that won't be a thing. This whole, you need to protect yourself from crime and all that, and you need to give away some of your light and your freedom, which is the same thing, in order to be protected from these threats, and the government will help us, will help us with that. As long as we just give away are love light in a sort of tithe to the authority um that whole dynamic won't be occurring and if you have a sense maybe that there's something parasitic occurring with the state you're absolutely correct however it is it has been necessary or at least there a feature of the evolutionary stage we've been at for quite a while. The first, it was like a tribe. Then it was these small communities. Then it was a kingdom, and then it was like you know a state. You know, as we understand it. But what we're transitioning into is a boundaryless. Borderless, um, propertyless, separationless, without, without separation, um, open hearted, abundant. The word realm came to mind, but I don't know. That social memory complex that we will be one with Gaia and Mother Earth and all that as well. Now, this doesn't mean, this does not, does this mean that, um, the left is right the communists are right the anarchists are right <laughs> bow down do the collective da, 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 da. No, no 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 but it because the thing is what they are not necessarily seeing is that people aren't ready for it energetically in order to have the what they describe as communism, or the... No, 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 the association... New Earth isn't communism, okay? It's actually the best of all the systems, but in any case, how do I put this? It's collective and yet it's individual at the same time. It's not sacrificing individual existence for the collective, it's not sacrificing collective social bonds between people, um it's not sacrificing that for the sake of individual uh liberty because there's this thing with politics where it's like these two extremes in the duality of like one is like we're acting for ourselves for our own freedom or our own autonomy achieving our own things and we work hard and we get the rewards for that and people don't And and the conservatives will say, "Okay, you worked hard for it, you get to keep that. And they tend to have high conscientiousness. And that tends to be the uh, mentality of high conscientiousness, that you work hard and you get the result and that you get to keep that. And if that means there's inequality, from their mind, that's okay because you worked hard. So you deserve more because you're more worthy than other people, because hard work to someone who's conscientious equals higher worth. This, obviously, this actually means that they actually have a low sense of self-worth and they're constantly trying to get to feeling worthy by hard work. Uh, and there's a sense where parents might have put in this idea that they aren't worthy, but if they do this X, Y, and Z, then they are. But it's like a, an egoic um, hamster wheel, right? But then this whole idea of and there might be just libertarian or right wing, or I in mean, sometimes in the left liberals, the society of liberty in as your free individual agent, but not so much about the hard work, but more about don't tell me what to do, I can do what I want, which is almost like a rebellion against this authority. I mean, sometimes you get this combination with with paleo libertarians or paleo conservatives, where it's like a combination of the two that like they're rebelling against authority. But they've also got this idea that they need to hard get hard work to be worthy in authority's eyes. It seems contradictory. That's because the ego is insane and most people are insane. Um, <clears throat> because, but that's okay. And not, not, I don't mean that as a judgment. It's just that ego is not sane. Um, anyway. So... I didn't really fully intend to go into politics there, but it's fine. <clears throat> it is what it is, right? So, there's this idea that you're you're not controlled by authority. You're rebelling, right? You are your own man, who's or your own woman, whatever. And you're you're an individual person, and part of your identity will be framed fundamentally as an identity of someone who rebels against the authority to which which attempts to control them. But of course, that sense of identity is fundamentally based upon authority. It's just the other side of the coins rebelling against it. But in a way, that's still kind of being enslaved by it, right? If someone were to have a really abusive father, right? Or mother, whatever, right? And then they keep on running into relationships where they end up in, with someone who's really controlling in the same way. And it keeps on happening again and again and again. And they absolutely are like really into this idea of being free. And yet they keep being in a situation where un- unrestricted and not controlled and like where they can um, express themselves and ex- project their light outwards, you know, in a way that is unrestricted but at the same time they really deep down feel like they're worthy and that's why um, their subconscious is drawn to being controlled while they're consciously rebelling against that and identifying with being a rebel which might mean going to protests and stuff or something like that um and this is something you might get on the left hand from uh the libertarian right uh that's something we actually have in common so are these just uh keep in mind all of these terms are to be taken with a pinch of salt these are just in fact all of these labels are technically egoic anyway or within a framework of the collective consciousness of humanity being egoic That there's even these separation labels so it might it might seem like some sort of hypocrisy that i'm even using these labels but think of it as a communication device uh, rather than an absolute statement of truth, in an absolute sense. So, as for the left, there's this, the radical left, whether it's <clears throat> a libertarian or anarchist left, or whether it's uh, quite, quite, authoritarian left, right? There is a sense that, rightfully, the fruits of your labor are yours. Oh, well, not, not yours, that, 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 that they are collective. And that, that you should be given the fruit of your labor. Um. But it should be equally distributed. Uh, but it should be given to you. Oh, no, no, that should be given according to what your need is. There's a sense of fundamental of it not being safe but the ideal that authority can provide for you at least in the tanky version so to speak or the authoritarian version it's like you're fundamentally feeling not safe but if you give up giving your power away to authority who will provide for your safety and needs not okay so this idea of safety and well-being and lack of worth okay safety and well-being being threatened fundamentally in a block root checker way right a low sense of worth as well And a sense that authority, like a father figure or parent figure, the the state authority can provide your needs in accordance to your need. And you, um, and those people are taken from them, people get taken from. Was it for me to call it? The more able you are to have it taken from you, the more. Rightfully, you should contribute because you're able to contribute more. And that's only fair, right? (laughs) Um, And you can obviously trust the authority figures to provide for you and to take from you rightfully and to give to those in need because you can trust authority, right? Just as you can trust your parents, absolutely. I mean, if you were to question that, that would mean that you would feel unsafe because um, the state wouldn't be looking out for your best interests, uh, and you would be in the threat from horrible authoritarian control um, every moment, and that you would be fundamentally a victim under the boot of tyranny and um, slavery and, or servitude, or and that you would feel like you're small and even your existence is threatened and that you're ultimately being parasitically drained from by um, energy thieves, essentially, um, in some sense, because rulership tends to be served as the self in nature and tends to be parasitical or um, taking or stealing from energy in some sense. It takes the light for itself because it it doesn't have its own source of light, because it's so disconnected from the light that it needs to take other people's light. And the relationship with the state in communism, but also more broadly in the absolute trust in the king or the state or the, the chieftain, what it fundamentally, or even the church or the priesthood, is a fundamental that dynamic is fundamentally where a very low sense of self worth and a low sense of self worth, a fundamental feeling of insecurity, and it's a kind of almost fearful desperation in giving away one's light and love and liberty which is the same thing, in a way, giving away that energy, the prana, giving it away in order to have be provided the basics to survive. But if that is rationalised with programming as in, in terms of identity and in terms of The way it has to be. It won't be consciously viewed as such. It will be viewed as. It won't even be questioned. It just be, it would be, you'll be provided for by those who caring for you. Absolutely. And you need to go along with the rules and, and you need to, and the punishment is for those who don't follow them. And if there's other people who aren't following them, well, not just you not just do you not like them but they're potentially a threat to you by the fact that they're not following the rules right so it's like if someone is if there's an authoritarian parent and there's these children right and some of them adapt to it by trying to obey as much as possible and some of them might be inclined to rebel against it now those inclined to obey feel threatened and for, for a sense of otherness with the relation to those who go along with it. And so we're naturally in relation to those who don't go along. With it. So what they'll be tend to do is, I suppose you could say rat on or in some way, feel threatened by and when you when you, if you're threatened, um, one result of that might be anger. Another might be just fear. So a, a sense of separation, fear And even anger and desire to harm those who do not conform to this the rules that are conditioned into you under the context of abusive authority that you're conditioned to believe as absolutely just and righteous because it's too scary to confront the the fact of its abusiveness consciously. You need to pretend that it's All okay. It's dot com syndrome, and most of it. Most people have. Most parents are not ready in this third density to not abuse their children. They're not able not to because they're too damaged themselves. Uh, And and the thing is, what we consider to be child abuse is just extreme child abuse. Uh, Regular parenthood, that just that just normalised childhood. trauma that is considered to be just the way it's done. And I I mean, but we have come a long way. We have come a long way because if you think about what it was like, I don't know, like a few centuries ago, even for your grandparents, you know, being hit with a slipper might be considered mild in some ways um, as a punishment. just well, yeah, you get physically, you get beaten, you know, or physically hurt, you know, that's just the result, right? That's just, if you don't follow the rules, that's discipline, that's just how it is pain and suffering is the way it's maintained, right? And if you look looking at it on a state level, you know, servitude and slavery were normal for a long time. It's the same logic in a way. It's like it's the same logic. It's this idea that you're, you're so worthless, and so lacking worth fundamentally, you need to keep on proving it's like you're trying to prove a sense of worth while believing that you're starting off without any to those who in, in a, who are taking from you so that they will give to you a little bit even though they're taking more from you. Now, an aware, in a sense, I think there's an awareness of this. I think there's an awareness of this in the radical left on some level, even the, the authoritarian radical left, like those who believe the Soviet Union was just. Um... There's an awareness of how, at least in capitalism, so to speak, in working for a company, that you put a certain amount of labor and of your life force, your energy into it. It Could it be a labor of love that you're doing, maybe, or maybe you hate it? Either way, right? Hate is also love. It's just a distortion of it. So that is a labor of love anyway, in a sense. So you're putting that love light energy into it, dimming your light in the process or whatever, right? And you, you put your energy into it and you don't get as much as you put in. But they keep you hooked, they keep you going, they give you a bit, right? And the, the, the radical left sees this and they're like, okay, this is, this whole thing is fucked up, right? This whole thing is like a Ponzi scheme and we're being ripped off by people who are in charge of us, who have authority over us and control us. So, so, so they're like, sorry, for laughing. So like we must rebel against capitalism because it exploits us. So we do work for a state that takes everything from us and our freedom and provides from us our basic needs. I mean, the fuck is government we don't want a company taking all our money to provide for our basic needs. That's oppressive. No, instead we need to be freed from that with a state doing the same thing and like and then you get the right you get the capitalists or with the conservatives or the right and they're like the economic right laugh so, at this like, I'm humoring this and they're like the state is so oppressive or at least when it's excessive control of it it's so, um the excessive state or the overly big state whatever the way they see it is the state is oppressive when they limit the state if not abolish it if you're going for an anarcho-capitalist. Right, and they're like, okay, so the state controlling people, that's bad, we don't want that, we're taking away our freedoms, they're taking away our hard work, our labor, not giving us the full benefit of our labor because they're stealing from us, effectively. You could call this surplus labor in a way, but they wouldn't ever use the term. Okay, so the, the state's taking from us, oh, isn't that so unjust? How could they do that? We must instead have more capitalism, have more, you know, have the more control by the um, corporations because otherwise we're being ripped off and stolen from the state, and that's oppressive, right? The only way to be free of... The, so the only way to be free of the oppression of the state is to give away all... give it all away to corporations or businesses instead right it's quite an interesting duality but they're both missing a key part of the picture um but of course that's what you're going to get with separation and duality and that's what you get in fear you that it's a fundamental feature or characteristic of of the density i suppose and um yeah, um, but we're, we're, the thing is, I, I think that the darkness in a system and the third density itself is kind of a system, intensifies, what's the thing, I'm not sure, does it intensify before it goes, maybe, but it definitely becomes more visible before it goes and more explicit, which is why it's, there's been a lot of authoritarianism hidden for a long time. Or at least it was explicit, but then it was justified in a whole bunch of ways. And now we've got this quite quite democracy which has freed us from the oppression that we had for so long. And and now it starts to become apparent this freedom, this liberation that we had from oppression was a sham while the oppression intensified the pretense of our liberation was imprinted on our minds and so we thought that we've we we think in many ways that we're freer than we've been for a long time but only on the surface you see it it is more subtle and more insidious the way they've been doing it because obviously the real control is control of the mind um but the way you get people to go along with all sorts of things is by control of the mind. The church has done it. Religion's done it. The state the kingdoms have done it. Kings, queens, whatever. It's been done for a long time that way. And this occurring with an elective system, a democracy, so to speak, but also a capitalist society where we, we can buy what we want, right? You know, at least what's on the shelves. And uh, but of course, there's the, the corporations, the businesses they've got their special licenses and special limited liability and these special privileges, and things they're granted from the state, which as you know with tax takes from everyone and imposes and people give away people give away their wealth or in a sense the energy of their labor so to speak or the energy of okay essentially it's all we've got all these systems that betray it like on the surface but what's really happening is the state is taking your prana your life force your light And what's really the state, the state is a bunch of people in charge. Now, if they don't start off service itself, they become service itself largely. So a bunch of service self parasites, taking your light and calling themselves the state. And then they give you elections where you get to choose which parasite you have, which you have in charge. Except that they're not really in charge because there's so much vested interest and lobbying and secret society influence (laughs) and uh, dodgy things going on, but that's a charade anyway. They're not the ones in charge. The ones in charge are, you could call them the oligarchy. Um, That's certainly how it's described by uh, someone, someone, an acquaintance of mine, someone I interviewed um, called, uh, was it Conspiracy Veal? That's his YouTube channel. But anyway, that's what he describes as. I don't think he's the only one to describe it that way. But essentially it's, in back rooms, uh, there are, you know, there's things like build a web group and stuff like that. But essentially, thing is agreed upon what will happen. And the state just plays that out, there's a state mechanism playing out. And so there's a very small amount of parasitical self self people who are taking your light and you, the reason the only reason they're doing it is because you're giving it away. And the thing is, this isn't new. This has been going on for thousands of years um it's been at its height since the fall of Atlantis but honestly the Atlantis the, Al- Al- the atlanteans got pretty authoritarian towards the end why here that's the impression I get um they had technology but weren't mature with their use of it let's put it that way and even before that point things have been kind of slowly declining and getting more egoic, essentially. And the ego, I think if there's a symbol to represent what the ego is about, the the devil card in tarot fundamentally represents. It. And it also represents what's been going on, on every level of the collective consciousness on humanity, for quite a while. And it's becoming increasingly apparent what's really going on. It's just it's, it's like a black hole or a parasite just taking your energy. Uh, businesses do it. I can't say all businesses, but a lot of the left, the radical left, they're correct about in some sense about what's happening with corporations and big business. Well, you know, it just I'm not saying all employment is like that, but you can choose to do um employ people, you know, you can choose to be more, you can, you can choose not to do it that way. And you can, they're, they're, I'm sure that, you know, especially in the spiritual community, there's a more, yeah, it's not guaranteed to be that that just by the fact of employing someone or whatever, right? But the fact is that, in my opinion anyway, that a lot of what we call capitalism, a lot of these interactions fundamentally parasitical. And what the right, especially the libertarian right, but whatever that means, you know, and uh, systemizing services as well, they, they look to the state, and at least, at the very least, when it when, as they put it, the site of the state goes grows too big or gets too controlling, which is an interesting uh, way to put it, because, um, it's kind of inherently what it does, <laughs> but nevertheless, they do recognise to some extent the what the state is doing, uh, and the libertarian left. I suppose at least they see as well, interestingly, that the state is kind of like that too. Now they attribute it all to quote unquote capitalism. Um, they don't see the actual energy interactions going on necessarily. They they, they don't see it in terms of well, the spiritual terms that we can see it in. Uh, They see it in terms of the bourgeoisie or something, right? Well, they're not necessarily Marxists, but they see it in terms of... Hmm, it's interesting. They do see it as inherently a system of exploitation, but they see it in fundamental economical terms. And they, they, they seem to see it as the state being merely a function of essentially employers and being controlled by employers, the owners of land, so to speak, to as a tool for their control. And it's partly true, but it's kind of missing a big part of the picture. And it's interesting that even I'm generalizing a bit, but even those on libertarian left so to speak or anarchist left they they hold collective cooperation in high regard and they don't like the systemic organization of the state however they don't necessarily they see collectivism they see collectivism as a sacrifice okay they don't value necessarily okay individual anarchists mutualists maybe they do value individual Um, this is my impression anyway keep in mind this is labels and generalizations to some extent but my impression is many of them full-on anarcho communists for example this is an example It's it's more of extreme but anyway my impression is that they don't necessarily recognize the individual as worth much and rather see the individual purely as a piece of the collective. And that's kind of true. But a social memory complex is not any less individualist than full-on anarcho-capitalism or Ayn Rand or something, or objectivism as Ayn Rand sort of thing. And it's no less collectivist than anarcho-communist. It's both but not as a halfway compromise where both one is sacrificed to the other. It's not the individual sacrificed or the collective sacrifice. It's not selfish individuals in it for themselves and only themselves or sacrificing that to be purely contributing for the collective without any concern for yourself whatsoever um the former is kind of taking third density to the extreme bordering on um service self. not saying that individualists or well, anarcho-capitalists by any means but it's focusing on the individual in such a way where it, it's not emphasizing in really the interactions now they'll talk about the aggression principle the anarcho-capitalist they'll talk about non-aggression principle so there are some issues of, concerns they have certainly about like cooperating in a reasonable way but in in any case the emphasis is on the sovereignty of the individual with no concern for how we are one with something more with each other we make up something more than that that's more than the sum of its parts but at the same time in a way that always reminds me of like second density this focus on giving yourself away completely in service to a collective. Well, you're not doing anything for yourself in any way whatsoever. You're entirely giving yourself, dedicating yourself completely to the collective and everyone else are doing that. And the majority, what the majority determine is best is done. And you should submit yourself entirely to what the majority have determined is way it's going to be done and in practice this kind of means that those who are more charismatic um will actually have more influence if not power over it even if on face of value it's explicitly about being being no hierarchy and everyone being completely equal why because fundamentally it's the idea that the individual sovereignty is completely sacrificed for the sake of the collective and the individual is not viewed as a good thing. Separ- a separate individual is viewed as selfish, in a sense. Or at least, but the the individual working with others and giving themselves entirely for others is seen as virtuous in a dualistic way. And because of this duality, there isn't this sense of, oh, you're giving and receiving at the same time, working with others but not giving yourself away. instead it's like you're giving your light away to a collective decision process that determines almost in a heartless sense that determines what happens to you and you go along with that with absolute faith now what's the difference between that and the authoritarian version of uh say stalinism or something or leninism the authoritarian version um well In a way it's almost more honest when it's authoritarian explicitly because at least there's a state that you're giving it away to and you say oh, this is the thing i'm giving it away to and they're going to care for me. and the other thing it's like you're pretending they're pretending that with the anarchist version they're pretending that it's all just working together and sharing when it's actually kind of giving away your light to the collective in some abstract sense But it's not what social memory complex is, which is building upon the individual with collective and conscious interaction, that in no way gives away the light of the individual. Now also consider what is giving receiving. Giving slash receiving. It's one thing. Service to others is about. By giving to others, you are receiving. But it's not giving as a sacrifice. It's giving, following your passion and love and enjoying what you're doing. Say, suppose you love animals and you're, I suppose if you love animals. No, that's not the best example, though. It is a good example, but suppose you're, you just love caring for people and you work in a lot of people's home and you just love what you're doing while you're taking care of them. For example, that's just an example, right? Although in the process of giving, there is a joy in giving, and that is the receiving at the same time. Because that joy in giving is the receiving by the law of exchange of what you're giving simultaneously from the universe. So, in what you're giving, in that love, you're receiving the love from the universe in prana as love light and that's why you are in joy right and simultaneously you're receiving you're not just um, you're not giving with no expectation okay you're not you see what happens with uh, what happens with as a service of self being and on one hand taking or someone taking but not giving and the B is giving but not receiving. They're giving everything, draining their cup completely out of a sense of duty. They're not even enjoying it. They're just like, I've got a duty to do this. I should do this. I'm not worthy if I don't. So they're pushing themselves, pushing themselves, working with the heart, work themselves to the bone because they, they've they got to, that's their duty. They, they feel like they have to and they're not worthy if, worthy if they don't. And there's someone else who they don't feel worthy, but Really, but they've repressed that, and instead they're kind of like they're getting off on the set on the control and the prana that they're getting from others. And both are voluntarily interacting in the situation. An abusive relationship is fundamentally this, and the state is fundamentally an abusive set of relationships as well. Uh that whole dynamic, it happens. When it happens in the market, I would not say the market, because voluntary exchange is not inherently bad at all. But when it happens where, let's say there's an employer, a corporate employer, whatever, and someone's working themselves, you could say to the bone or they're putting way more in than they're getting out of it, right? Right. And they're they're going along with that. And maybe they even feel that they should do, or they have to, but it's not coming from a heartfelt place, it's coming from a a fear-based place, right? and then there's someone else taking from them and they're afraid if they don't take in a they they might view the world as a predatory place you need to work out for yourself at the detriment of others and that's the only way to survive that's their perception and they'll be doing that now this whole this whole interaction is entirely consensual on a soul level at least um but if you can control if you can exert influence over someone's mind such that they think they have to give it away, or that they they, they, they choose to give away their light, well, you're receiving it free, right? Well, not for free because there's a consequence of it, there? because there's a law of exchange. Everything has to be balanced, ultimately, and it will be. That's how karma works. <sighs> Meanwhile, the the quote quote right tends to be blind to, okay, the quote-unquote right tends to be blind to what's happening, that kind of abusive interaction in quote-unquote capitalism. The left tends to be blind to that. what's happening with the state. Although I am generalizing a bit, I will say the left as a whole at the time of George Bush were seeing the authoritarianism of the war on terror. And the right as a whole were not seeing it at the time. So it just does go in ebb and flows. It does adjust. It's dynamic. Um, And that seems to have been a flip that's occurred. And I guess it's to do with what different groups of people are dealing with energetically and what's coming up in the system to, to, to deal with. And that's kind of might affect what people are influenced by. At the moment, it certainly seems that. What I'm saying is, any in any case, in quote, quote, politics, whatever politics is, there are different ways in which the same thing are done in different ways, but people are blind to different ways in which it's done, whether it's done by the, by an employer, whether it's done by the state, the same fundamental parasitism is there. And, and even if you see it in the state and in the capitalism, so to speak, and you see it as parasitical, and, and yet you're willing to give it all away to a collective if it's uh a leftist commune and if that giving is done in a way where it's imbalanced and not in a heartfelt equal place then there will be some even in some uh, a communist commune anarcho-communist commune who might be received who might be taking in exploiting it for their own gain and others that are giving away and sacrificing without allowing themselves to receive um, out of a sense of fear. And if that occurs, and it's likely to, in a society where there's loads of ego, here's the thing, right? Any system with ego, with most people in an ego, will in it act in how it plays out in reality, play out egoically in a fear-based way even if theoretically it's not meant to work that way and the move to the new earth is one where as we let go of fears and the mental programming if we let go of that as we balance and open our chakras and receive the bounty bounteous providence of the creator while giving more and more freely as well as we love ourselves and others unconditionally increasingly so the process that occurs is any system whether we call it whether it's a market-based system market or whether it's working with someone with someone, whatever if it's whether it's quote-unquote quote, employment whether it's quote-unquote quote, authority or at the very least the structures by which we uh, the whole society operates essentially necessarily reflecting the way they're done, the energy shift. We are at a point where certainly there is a prospect for increasingly truly service to others, equal interaction and exchange of energy, I suppose, to occur. Um, But it's a process of transition And there's no guarantee, necessarily, of in a, let's say, an anarcho-communist commune, attempting to bring about their, or apply their utopian vision, that it would work out as truly equal as they intend. But at the very least, there's an opportunity for it to work. And so, I can't say I, oppose them trying. And nevertheless, I am not going to oppose people. I'm not going to stand against or disagree with necessarily people being very much pro market, and aspiring to you know, um, voluntary exchange between people in a society, which is harmonious and not with too big to fail banks or government supported that not with big, big, big business promoted by government and with the market distorted by government and and all of that but rather this almost Robinson Crusade style market where people are volunteer interacting and the market is just a means by which people exchange and it all being vol- mutually beneficial interactions increasingly truly, for mutual benefit, Um, mutual giving and mutual receiving simultaneously via the free market that is absolutely viable. And it will increasingly as we move into the new earth, which is accessible now technically, it depends on frequency, as we move into the new earth, that As you increase in frequency and so forth, that is, um, those pursuing the free market will increasingly find that it does live up to what it's theoretically supposed to be like. Just as the left will, Um, as for the authoritarian left, well, even the even even that kind of Marxism or whatever, you know, will increasingly, insofar as it's applied. Be less authoritarian (laughs) and live up to the utopia of how it's supposed to be, so to speak. Because the truth is, every system is going to be oppressive under ego because it's the ego that is the true oppression. The true bondage, the true serfdom or slavery or oppression is energetic. All the rituals and systems on the 3D level, that we live in are simply a holographic representation of what's truly occurring energetically. The energy is shifting. And so we are naturally seeing a shift in the hologram itself. And the time lag is decreasing as well. uh, Which is um, interesting. The time lag is, um, I can't remember what I was going to, I, I know what I'm referring to, I'm just not sure this way to explain, and I don't want to get too deep into that, the idea of there being a time lag of manifestation. I think you know what I mean. It relates to the law of attraction and stuff and manifestation and stuff like that. So for any system, it's like that, but also, the, du- the false duality is increasingly, instead of that, we're increasingly getting unison of opposites. And through that unison of opposites, we get, and all the opposites in politics or society or whatever, right? Through un- that unity, the, yeah, we get unity from that unison of opposites. We get more than the sum of the parts. And the, these, this, these duality splits are, splitting into parts which is rightfully a whole. It's a reintegration of that which is was disassociated, a reassociation, I suppose you could say a healing, I suppose you could say. for all of these dynamics are fundamentally wounded dynamics that I've been describing these what these the dynamics of exploitation and so forth, and yes, in many ways, you could say we live in a parasitic world, so to speak. But it's been great catalyst for us, and I don't think it's a coincidence that we are provided by this by the Creator. And I, I, I genuinely think that by the end of all this, um, by the end of once we're fully awakened, like the the, the amount of light that we will have, have the amount of experience, I, I really feel like we'll be truly in good stead once we're in 4th density Positive. Um, As a result of everything as a collective we've gone through and all the experience we've gained. And I feel like I don't really feel like it's it's as it should be. It's fine. Um, This is a lot longer than I intended but I'm glad that I'm glad for it. So these symbols of separation will that's not what we'll see. We'll always see symbols of unity all around, and it will be glorious. <laughs> like you, you you won't there won't be a border between where you live and someone else. And okay, here's another thing to explore: borders. Now, especially on the right, there's a sense of the importance of maintaining a border. Now I, for quite a while, was very much in favor of maintaining a strong border on the country. In my perception for a long time, it wasn't sustainable to allow, of course, from an energetic perspective, hmm, in many ways, the the emphasis by many on the importance of borders, just as Property boundaries and all that, it's based on fear and it's based on separation. But it's the result of it in a context where it kind of makes sense to have those borders and maintain it for the sake of, hmm, under the third density illusion. If we were like, I don't know, midway through the cycle, which we're not at the end. In many ways, it would make sense for there to be such boundaries um in place because the experience is all about fully individuating and experiencing through that separation that great catalyst, right? And maintaining these systems and kingdoms, whatever, you know, or even maybe states, whatever. Uh maintaining the borders has some importance. But I, I'm increasingly aware. Despite how before spirituality, even like three years ago, or, you know, if you would ask me, I'd say, oh, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Uh, strong border, uh, limited immigration is very important, uh, very detrimental to the state. Otherwise, I'm increasingly aware of the fact that it's not that the, those who are talking about open borders are right, and those who are talking about closed borders are wrong. It, it's not that that is also duality, because those who are talking about a closed open, open border are. Those "quote unquote" globalists, so to speak, although those are talking about the idea that it's fundamentally oppressive. Not to let people cross the boundary because it's what racist against those of the other group. And obviously, it must be because you hate that color of skin if you don't want if you want less immigration because a lot of them are of a different color of skin, which kind of has its own racist logic to it. But anyway, it's like the left being racist there. But anyway, but anyway, there's this idea of. There's a fear involved of big that the scary rights being bad and authoritarian, right? Just by or controlling people and restricting people and not letting people. Okay, the control and restriction is bad. Okay, fine, fine. Not bad, but there's a fear of there's a sort of reaction, an egoic reaction, to the perception of of the conservatives, say, who might advocate a strong border, as fundamentally not just being mean and horrid (laughs) to potential migrants in and out, and everyone involved by restricting people's ability to move around and they are correct and to some extent but at the same time there's this sort of egoic reaction with not understanding where people are coming from it's like if people are concerned about how the communities are affected by immigration i'm not going to say that it's correct or incorrect but i will say that it's certainly understandable if you empathize right but there's when you get political sides, there's not really much empathy of the other side. The other side of the threat, who are being mean and horrid and stupid and ignorant, and they need to be trampled on so that the right thing happens. But those who do not see how it really is are either made to see or get none of what they want because what they want is bad because they're bad people. We're good people. We're right about everything. And we know we're obviously really good people, right? Because our side is correct and righteous. <laughs> so, yeah. Um, what I understand from an energetic perspective. Now, we coming to understand is that all these boundaries and borders and that separation, and the limitation and fear involved in that is a symptom of the energetic characteristics what's happening energetically or the energetic status on Earth, right? The resolution of concern of focus on borders and that separation between countries and peoples that some see as a problem, the resolution comes in the healing of the energy that the transition to a new earth entails. You don't persuade people to take your view and then everything's solved and they don't do that to you what happens is in the healing the letting go of fear the transmutation of fear the transmutation of shame of guilt of anger and so forth the transmutation or letting go of hate anger hatred as well through that transmutation through that letting go through that healing through Seeing and feeling what is repressed in order to let go of it, and allow it to flow out of you. Because if you repress your your fear and your shame, then if you're not feeling the the negative energy inside of you, it's still there and it's stagnant and it's affecting you subconsciously. In order to let go of it, you have to feel it. In order to mute it, you have to feel it. Feeling is the key. Feeling is the compass. Right. That's how we do this. And the more you feel it, the more it's coming to your conscious, the more you're aware of it and the more dark things appear because the darkness that was all around you, that you were blind to, suddenly you can see and you're like, holy shit, looks like things are getting worse. What's going on in the world? Truth is, it's actually, it's probably not as bad as it was. It's just, it looks worse because you were blind to it before. Um. And that's just the natural state of how things have been progressing, moving from third, density to fourth, and so forth. So that seems to be the situation. And the experience we are having in our being, the experience of our being, how we experience being, is. In order to... Okay, suppose you want to have a smooth experience on a smooth paved road, meandering along the way. You would like your way to be smooth. You, You wouldn't want to be suffering through the hardship of rough terrain, right? So, but in order to get a sense of where what is more harmonious and less rough experience of being you need to experience what's um unharmonious about it to feel it if you numb you if you're walking along and you're numbing yourself let's say with vodka to the pain and discomfort of walking across that unpleasant terrain you're not going to fully you're not going to be taking in the signs of how to find the path again are you and so feeling the discomfort and potentially temporarily temporarily feeling more discomfort and more of that roughness of where you are will help you get back to where it's harmonious and soft and wonderful um about the harmony or the way right and that process of the feeling of process of feeling the negative energies or dense energies coming up from our subconscious to be felt and experienced in our conscious light that light of conscious feeling feeling and being aware of it and it being accepted allows it to be transmuted and or let go of such that it instead becomes understanding and love for yourself and others and that's and joy and high light, low density, you know, high-frequency emotions, joy, love, and so forth. And not joy as in temporal pleasure, but true joy. So another such high-frequency emotions. But that's healing, that's letting go of ego programming, and that's coming back to Harmonic synergy with the Creator? Something like that. (laughs) I think you know what I mean. So I have a sense that I'm done here for now. Um, Hopefully you enjoyed it. I don't even know how long this was, but (laughs) without further ado, have a great day or great evening and bye for now.